0: Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode Algorithmic Governance, Climate Hysteria, and the Road to Humanism. Why? Well, we're still dealing with the fallout of all the climate strike protests that took place last week. We'll be getting into that, as well as a Penn State professor saying that social credit will shift law from the West to the Constitution into analytics and algorithms, Fedbook unveiling its new Supreme Court to handle controversial posts, as well as brain chips for the soldier, mind-reading AI, and so much more. We're going to finish off this transmission talking about the United Nations General Assembly Summit that took place this week, and even things like Greta Thunberg, uh, the discussion between globalism, nationalism, and things such as regionalism, the creation of the global citizen, and so much more. I had designed this episode to be short, but whenever you start to talk about these things, it kind of doesn't happen that way. A few things. I'll say this and then we'll start the show. A few quick updates. The episode with Rob of Truth and Vibration finally came out over there on Fellowship and Freedom. You can find that link in the description bar below, as well as the mini-cast that we did earlier this week, Indoctrinated Generations. That plays a huge part in what we're going to be discussing in this episode. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations my friends And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom Now I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction Whichever one you prefer, and this is show number nine twelve, season 9, episode 12 There's no opening statement, but I do have a few things I'd like to say It seems like the days that we're moving into Are ones that require a completely new form Of us, a completely new version still the same old person at the core but another mutation of it and i say this because i'm beginning to learn the depths of who i am doing this and at the same time uh uh the 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 dangers that are really out there you know we took a break two weeks ago because i just had to personal stuff is going on personal stuff is still going on came back a few weeks ago still felt kind of a little bit wobbly And here I am trying to get back into a group of things. And I can tell you guys that it is still difficult. And I'm not complaining. I have to let you guys know that it really is this difficult. Trying to steer this ship called Factions of Freedom. (laughs) From the guests, to the posts, to the show, to the content, to the time frame, to the mindset, to just all of it. It it, it doesn't seem like it's difficult. uh, Until it is. Until you actually have to employ it. And so, I don't want to chat your guys' ear off about... All the back end stuff that goes on because there's more that I could even talk about on here. But understand that there is back end stuff going on and the, that it's all being done for the front end. When you're getting the show, you're getting about, you're, you're literally getting like the, the, the tip of the iceberg. You're getting the success. You're getting like the, the cream of the crop. You're getting the perfected version of what we're actually doing. Behind the scenes, you know, it's like a war. I'm like, it's like a war or the, she, the ship is sinking. You know, I'm running around putting duct tape all over the place. Uh, spitting out bubble gum and just sticking it in holes and trying to trying to fix as much as I can, you know. And I say all this because this is the house that you guys have built. It it, it it's very real, you know. I'm removing episodes that go back as far as 2017, 2016. I'm archiving stuff. Uh, it's just we have a lot of content because we're doing a lot of things, and this is all stuff that can't be portrayed in a uh, 300. Plus characters on Instagram, uh, packaged pro- properly for people, and I guess what I'm really beginning to understand with what we're doing is, it's 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 impressive. It truly is impressive, from the guests to everything that we're doing. It truly is impressive. You don't you don't hang out on social media. Social media is something that you post on. You see, we really stirred the pot when we talked about Greta. Dunberg being funded by george soros this week we really really stirred the pot and if i sat there and read every single hate filled comment i wouldn't be here before you today and i say this because this is something that i've had to learn in my, in my personal life as well as doing this on, on on social media you cannot continue to listen to people who have not learned to use their own magic it is always the people who have no magic that are forever telling you how to use yours. And one of the concepts you guys hear me talk a lot about more so now and more so now and hopefully in the future is how you have got to begin to communicate and connect with yourself on a deeper level because that is where the magic happens. The magic doesn't happen on social media. With the followers and the likes and the shares and the comments and stuff like that, that's that's that that is a digital that is a superficial digital manifestation of your of who you are. You're getting that validation for sure, but that validation is not what you should be seeking. That validation should be if anything confirmation of moving in the right direction. And so if you listen to all the validation, you're only going to do things for validation instead of trying to progress and move forward. People have to understand the very very dangers or the very very dangerous time that we're in and how discernment will get you out of it. How 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 truth is the antidote to fear and ignorance and how you cannot shy away from these things. You have got to meet them head on. And with that being said, let's start the show. In the first segment, algorithmic governance, we're going to be talking about the social credit score system, Fedbook unveiling its Supreme Court to handle controversial posts, as well as Google achieving quantum supremacy. I feel like that's very, very important. The idea behind setting up this segment, the algorithmic governance segment, is to go over the technocracy, essentially, the social engineering, the scientific dictatorship, what is happening to us, you see. Uh, In the third segment, and this is where it will connect a little bit better, we'll talk about the road to humanism. This is kind of looking at the United Nations General Assembly meeting that took place earlier this week, and how this all ties into what's going on. But in the second segment, it's essentially going to be a movie, the- a movie of just climate change extremists talking about their insanity, talking about how much they want to kill themselves and how bad we are. But you've got to understand, this is that suicide spirit that I talk about. This is what I mean by algorithmic adversity. This is what I mean by social engineering, behavior modification. You see, we're not necessarily, we're not going up against people these days were actually going up against principalities and rulers in high places and their influences as well for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and rulers in high places and it's those influences that we're working up against remember whenever we talked about domestic terrorist guys shooting up that ice facility and I and, I, and it dawned on me that we are already going up against varying forms of the AI we are already going up against the technocracy, the Godhead. This this the, the the devil, Satan, however you want to look at it, whatever they decide to name the, the head of the, the AI that takes over, right, we're already going up against the beta version of that. You see, and people have already given themselves over to the delusion. And as I spoken about before, they're gonna further the delusion, double down in and uh, double down in their own commitments, and we're gonna see these things. You see, the same way that it comes out these days that George Soros is, is, is funding the Democrats, that he's donated like $5.1 billion to the Democratic Party, how he's involved in all kinds of uh, uh, regime change operations around the world, and yet people still don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about George Soros' influences. If anything, they want to double down because they know money's being invested in them, and so they're going to ratchet up their activities. And this is what I mean. This is the delusion. They're doubling down. They're committed to the lie, and they're going to drag us down to see that lie with them. So let's get into this. Let's, let's start talking about, basically, topics of this, uh, of this segment. Right here. Let's pull this, uh, this article up. I think this is a good way for us to start setting the tone. Penn State professor says that social credit will shift law in the West, quote, from Constitution to analytics. This is said by Daniel Taylor at the activist post SHTF plan reposted it September 23rd. It says professor Larry Backer of Penn state university writes and writes in a 2018 paper that resistance to the social credit score systems in the West could be dissolved when the masses are quote socialized as a collective quote and the great, the great culture management machinery of Western society developed a narrative in which such activity is neutralized or naturalized within Western culture. A 2018 paper written by prominent law professor Larry Backer of Penn State discussed the ways in which a social credit score system could be implemented in the West. Backer writes that the shift in law with this system will, quote, change the focus of public law from the Constitution and the rule of law to analytics and algorithm. In the paper, titled Next Generation Law, Data-Driven Governance and Accountability-Based Accountability-Based Reg- Regulatory Systems in the West, and social credit regimes in China, Backer describes moves to, set to to the social credit system in the West as, quote, fractured, but gives guidance on how societal norms could be steadily pushed to accept the system. Backer proposes that the, quote, great cultural mach- management machinery of the West normalizes the idea of social credit and sharing private data. Backer writes, but it is possible to socialize the masses or even mass democracy as a collective, to embrace this pattern of data disclosure beyond these immediately self-serving closed-loop systems, would it be possible for the state to develop systems for the enforcement of laws, criminal and regulatory, that depends on intelligence by inducting the masses in, inducting the masses to serve as positive contributors of data necessary for enforcement or regulation? The answer, in Western liberal democracies, may depend on the ability of the great culture management machinery of Western society. It's television, movies, and other related media, to develop a to develop a narrative in which such activity is naturalized within culture. As big tech and artificial intelligence creep further into our lives, a grid of high tech surveillance has entangled us. As if to pacify the resistance, these systems, Google Home, Apple Watches, Amazon Alexa, offer quote, convenience in the form of targeted ads, personalized content, and other features. Essentially what we're talking about is the mark of the beast. We're talking about, in a casual sense, the mark of the beast. How can, we, how can we get the people to accept the mark of the beast? How can we get people to in the West to gradually accept these things? Think about this. Because we're, we're casually talking about it now. You see us throwing out, our, throwing out the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the rule of law. What did, Donald Trump even said it too. First we take the guns, then due process. So how, how, how would they get society to gradually accept the mark of the beast in the social static, the social credit score system. You see, well, I can tell you part of it is already being constructed with social media, with how we react with your credit score. Download credit karma. I did as well this week, but how can they get the West to accept the mark of the beast? They have to get the liberal masses to push it. They have to get the people to love their enslavement. This literally... I say this because I'm pulling from Aldous Huxley, the creator of The Brave New World, saying when he was speaking at... Um, he, was, he was speaking at UC Berkeley, and I think like sometime in the 60s. He was talking about the final revolution and how he has to... With barbiturates and pharmaceuticals and opioids and things of this nature, He has to, he'll, he'll get people to love their enslavement. He will get people to ask to have the chains put on them and that's what this is how do we get people the West to adopt the social credit score system keep that in mind because when I continue I'm gonna talk to you guys about how essentially this is the climate change agenda this is the virtue signaling this is all of it you see this is the fake news the censorship this is all of this craziness that we're in right now because we cannot live here in this schism they are trying to gradually figure out a way to get us to accept the new system, the new New World Order, or at least the New World Order, the technocracy. You see, this is what I mean by the scientific dictatorship, but let me continue on here. It says, in reality, the system is meant to determine whether or not you will be allowed to function in the modern society. The Trump administration is reportedly considering using the surveillance grid to monitor the population for signs of mental illness, triggering authorities to confiscate firearms from, quote, dangerous individuals. In 2013, Old Thinker News asked the question, quote, Will insurance companies use smart appliances to monitor unhealthy habits? As this 2013 Wall Street Journal article stated, your insurance company already knows whether you've been talking or whether, already knows whether you've been taking your meds, getting your teeth cleaned, and going for regular medical checkups. Now, some employers or their insurance companies are tracking what their staffers eat, where they shop, and how much weight they've put on and taking action to keep them in line. Artificial intelligence, programmed by power-hungry individuals, is steadily taking over our society. It is already censoring political opinions. It will be making medical, educational, and financial decisions. Humans are to be sidelined, and the social credit score system will be watching you closely for any deviant behavior. And if you aren't careful, you will become an outcast. Access to food, transportation, and medical care will be denied. And because we're already seeing this happen in China. We are already seeing this happen in China. I forget what the specific statistic is, but millions of people are unable to board trains. They can't get plane tickets. They can't send their kids to school. Uh, they can't take out certain loans. There's a lot of, there's a lot of societal uh, disadvantages that come with having a bad credit score system. But something that was very interesting in how, that, in how Daniel Taylor wrote that article right there makes me think, says, uh, power-hungry people will be watching you. Keep that in mind, because when we play the clip of Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old darling delight of the European elite, appearing before uh, the UN, she says those exact words. She says, we will be watching you. And then the audience gives her a great laugh. But then I begin to think about who's behind Greta Thunberg, how she has the veracity and the power to say something like, we will be watching you. The entire next generation will be watching you because they will be the ones creating the social credit score system. They will be the ones enforcing it. If it doesn't sound like it, let's get into this next article where we talk about the Fedbook creating its own uh, Supreme Court to deal with uh, controversial posts. And how, how does that tie into uh, the next generation watching you? Well, the next generation, they're already inside Fedbook. If they're not outside Fedbook, where we've had some guests on that have been part of big tech and... and, and behind the scenes, so to speak. The other ones that have committed to them, the, 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 the ones that are doing all the trigger words, like <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying? The people that have already signed over to FedBook, they are now dictating to us what, what is right. We've already accepted the social credit score system by operating on these platforms, you see. And so what will happen whenever these people reproduce? They will be the ones to make sure that the system is up kept. Uh, but let me get into this article right here. This is from the Judge Report. Phoebe put this up September 17th. It says FedBook unveils new Supreme Court to handle controversial posts. FedBook on Tuesday released its plans for the new board, previously likened to a Supreme Court that can overturn the company's own content moderation decisions. The new quote, oversight board will govern appeals from Fed, from FedBook users and question and questions from the company itself. The board will eventually consist of 40 members with three-year terms drawn from a diverse array of backgrounds, according to FedBook. Panel, <laughs> backgrounds. Array of backgrounds. So they're creating their own ministry of truth. I just want you guys to keep that in mind as we continue on here. It says panels of five members will deliberate on cases it chooses to take. A minimum of 11 members will be required for, for the board to function. FedBook said in a press release its plans, or it plans to have a board in place and making decisions in early 2020 just to make sure that everything's okay by the elections, in November. FedBook CEO Mark Zuckerberg first wrote about his, con- about his conception of a new body to govern the company in November of 2018 as FedBook faced mountain scrutiny over its privacy and content moderation practices. Conservative lawmakers have accused FedBook and other tech platforms for displaying ideological, biases, ideological bias in its content removal practices. In December, the New York Times reported that FedBook's content moderators relied on inaccurate and outdated guidelines to approve and reject flagged posts. To create a level of independence from the company, FedBook said it will establish a trust to compensate board members. Huh. The board will be able to hire staff to support its functions. FedBook executives said on a call with reporters, but in the interim, the company has weighed the possibility of lending its own staff to get the team up and running. The board's decisions will be binding, except in cases when FedBook determines that implementing the finding would break the law. I wonder what that's about. Can you imagine that? Have Fed, FedBook having its own investigative team, and then they realize that at a certain level, they're going to break the law so they can't do certain things? That's crazy to me. Continuing on, it says the member selection and governing rules incorporate feedback from FedBook's public consultation period on its draft chatter, chat, charter. Uh, The new body will be empowered to pass binding decisions on content moderation. The board will prioritize cases that are deemed significant based on the severity of the content, scale of the distribution, and public discourse that is prompted. Priority will also go to cases based on the difficulty of the questions the content raises, Facebook said. So essentially what they're saying is they're, they're finally figuring out another way. To enforce, their, and to enforce their laws. Anytime you post something on FedBook and it goes against their community guidelines, that's all they tell you. They're creating an actual body, a ministry of truth, a, a, a FedBook Supreme Court, to begin to monitor these controversial posts. What a good job. But how many people have already been kicked off of FedBook? The Free Thought Project, the anti-media, the Minds Unleashed, Humans are Free. So many other great operations have already been kicked off. Are they going to be compensated? Will, will, will Fedbook's Supreme Court go back and say, hey, some of these are not justified. We need to reinstate these people. But the damage has already been done. Truly. The damage has already been done. I want you guys to remember that earlier this year, back in August, like last month, <laughs> earlier this year, a few months ago, Fedbook paid contractors to transcribe users' audio chats. Remember that. So not only do they have a a, a Supreme Court, but if you're using FedBook Messenger and you're calling people, talking to them, they have transcripts of you. Now, that doesn't, for some strange reason, that doesn't break the law, possibly because we're operating on their platforms. And this is what I mean by algorithmic governance. They're having us essentially give over our rights to the technocracy, and then the technocracy will retroactively figure out how to deal with us, because all that information is still there. The pages may not be, the people may not be, but your information is, your activity is, your data. <laughs> your data is, you see, and that's all these people want, is more data, more and more data, so they can control you. But let's not stop there. Let's not let's not stop with, with Fedbook trying to transcribe your audio chats and then creating its own ministry of truth to tell you what is right or wrong. Let's, let's not stop there. No, let's go a little bit farther. Check this out. Defiant Fedbook by startup focused on, quote, controlling computers with your mind. And this was put up by the activist post on September 24th. And on that very same day, Now the End Begins picked it up as well, saying that Fedbook is spending $1 billion to purchase a tech company that will allow you to control your computer using only your thoughts. And so because we do have new listeners that are paying attention every single week, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm not going to play for you guys a clip of Regina Dugan, head of Facebook's building 8, the former head of DARPA, now working with Facebook, talking about thought-to-text translation. They want to be able to extract your thoughts from your brain. And you can't I I I can't help but think it that at the same time of hearing Fedbook Uh, Can purchase control labs. I can't help but think about Elon Musk's Neuralink and the Neuralace and the brain-to-machine interface. But here we are. You have you have uh, you have a runaway technocratic elite that is essentially beholden to nobody and can pay off everyone, taking and harvesting as much data as you can. And guess what? That's still not enough for them. They need more products. They need more things to develop. They need to be inside of you. They need to feel you. They need to be you. They need to get to the point to where they can control your computer with your mind. Let's get into this article. It says last week Mark Zuckerberg visited Capitol Hill to try to quote to try and win friends in Congress. It was his first trip back to Washington since the contentious uh, since the contentious House and Senate hearings last year, where the Facebook chief was accused of sometimes treating lawmakers with disdain. Who can forget Senator? We run ads. What they're talking about is when he when he did that creepy thing, one of the senators asked him, Mr. Zuckerberg, how are you making money if your entire if your entire platform, your business model is everything? How do you Mr. Zuckerberg? How are you making money if everything is free? Zuckerberg. Cop like, you like know, runs his runs his algorithms and his formulas because he's not a person. He's a Zuckerbot. He's a he's a robot. He looks at the senator, has a blank face for for a while. Smiles and says, "Senator, we run ads," and then does the creepiest thing ever. He smiles right after, not like a normal person, but just go check it out. And so this is his first time since that whole hearing of going back to Washington. Uh, but continuing on, it says the timing of his trip is starting to make more sense. Thanks to a flurry of federal and state investigations, for the first time in its existence, FedBook is facing the very real risk of being broken up. Several lawmakers have asked whether breaking up FedBook and whether breaking FedBook into Instagram. WhatsApp and others would be would be important, or if it would be good for would be better for consumers. Uh, Facebook agrees that some that something should be done to regulate social media and other internet companies, but it doesn't think that the bipartisan antitrust movement that formed in the aftermath in the aftermath of the Cambridge Analytica, Cambridge Analytica scandal is the right path. But given all of the scrutiny surrounding the company and its acquisition, Fedbook has reportedly agreed to buy Control Labs, a tech startup working on software to let people control a digital avatar using only their thoughts, for somewhere between 500 million and 1 billion, Bloomberg reports. The closely held four-year startup, the four-year-old startup has dozens of employees and has had and has raised tens of millions in venture capital. Its only product right now is a bracelet that measures neuron activity to try and determine a movement that a person might be thinking about. Even if they aren't physically moving forward, the neuron activity is then displayed on the screen. Unleashing the power of the mind has always been a great interest to Zuckerberg, as has having as has virtual reality and augmented reality. The company is developing a hands-free pair of AR glasses and Zuck once said that Facebook would introduce a brain, a brain computer interface allowing people to manipulate text with their thoughts. Still, making a big splashy acquisition right now is a bit like tempting fate, but these people, they have no problem tempting fate. They have no problem because these are the days that, we are, that we've entered into. And just in the last episode, I talked about how over 100 genders might sound crazy today, but we have the technology... To literally create embryoids. So the idea of having thought-to-text translation, that's thats not that far off. Tempting fate, that's what these people are doing. They're trying to trigger prophecy. They're trying to trigger as much as they can. You see, but how, why is this not a deal? How has that become passe? Because I posted about this earlier this week about how there are brain chips for the soldiers to take out enemies with their minds and people don't... Pe- this is passe now. The idea of transhuman soldiers, of super soldiers, of bionic men, that's passe. We, we like understand this for some reason. It's like crazy that people don't care about uh, brain ships for soldiers to take out enemies with their minds. We're, we're, we're almost more worried about Zuckerbot having the ability to harvest the public's mind power than the idea of soldiers being able to augment themselves with technology. Here, let's get in this article. We put this up September 25th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says a groundbreaking device has been created that could allow soldiers to control military equipment and vehicles with just their thoughts. Scientists from several universities in the U.S. have created a new brain-computer interface strip. The device is connected to the upper neck, picks up on brain signals, and converts them into digital information. These signals could be used to steer vehicles or control other computers. Typically, these devices need to be connected to other machines and often require conductive jelly to work. The device is connected to the, super, to the upper neck, picks up on brain signals, and as I said before, converts them to digital information. Woon Hong Yeo, a researcher at the Georgia Institute of Technology, told Defense One, quote, we demonstrated that this portable, flexible, wearable system can control an electric wheelchair, mini car, and a software presentation. The strip has been designed for people without mobility, but it could have much wider applications. Yao added, quote, "This system can be used for controlling other devices, including military equipment." The paper appears in the current issue, the current issue of Journal Natural, Journal Journal Natural Journal Nature Machine Intelligence. Wow, that's A weird way to put a sentence, Uh, but continuing on, it says last year, the U.S. military's uh, defense advanced research project agency, DARPA, launched a new generation of warplanes, which are flown by a pilot sitting hundreds of miles away with an implant in their brain. The strip has been designed for people without mobility, but as I said before, it could be extended to military equipment. Using sophisticated brain machine interfaces, soldiers will be able to pilot up to three jets at once with just their thoughts. Top U.S. scientists have been working on the scheme since 2015. Yeah, I doubt that. But back in 2016, a pilot hooked up to a neural implant was able to navigate in an aircraft in a flight simulator while keeping two other planes in formation. In 2017, a pilot steered a plane through another simulation, this time by receiving haptic feedback, meaning the implant created a tingling sensation in their hands. There we go. And just again, just last episode, I talked to you guys about how they are creating the synthetic brain. To have you operate in at least 500 different places at once and this is where we're gradually moving into but you see that's going to be so much more alluring and seductive than having your simple old cerebellum (laughs) that thing in between your head yeah they 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 make it seem like it's just a bunch of jelly they want to advocate all this technology so that you can begin to give over your humanity give over your divinity give over your God-given right to live nope you're going to have access to immortality brought to you by Google. You're going to have all these cool powers. But you have to give over your freedom. You have to give over your peace and security. You see. I want to play for you guys a real quick clip just to show you. Uh, just, just to get it on record so we can talk about these types of things and have it put together in like a cohesive fashion. Uh, earlier this year, or at least earlier this month, uh, we had put together a, a, a post that says mind reading AI and how it could be the end of humanity and at the moment it has 38,000.4 views and in the view or in the movie or in the clip that we we, we put together for you guys uh, it has a simple I forget this gentleman's name but he's created a brain to machine interface where he asks it questions and it just gives him the answers you know and this is just a a, a, a beta version of what's going to be rolled out here to the masses uh, but here let's take a listen
1: what is 45,689 divided by 67? Sure. He silently asks the computer and then hears the answer through vibrations transmitted through his skull and into his inner ear. 6 8 1
2: point nine, 2 5
1: Exactly right. One more. What's the largest city in Bulgaria, and what is the population? The screen shows how long it takes the computer to read the words that he's saying to himself.
2: Sofia, 1.21 million.
1: (laughs) That is correct. You just googled that. I did. You could be an expert in any subject. Mm -hmm. You had the entire internet in your head.
0: That's the idea. That's
1: the idea. Because that's
0: the idea. But you see, one of the things I'm quickly learning, gang, and I crap you not, one of the things I'm quickly learning is you can have information, but that's not knowledge, that's not wisdom. You can have the data, but that's not wisdom, that's not knowledge. A lot of the stuff that I'm learning these days, it really does just kind of come to me. That's why I call them revelations. These are things that are just gifted to me by the good Lord above. I'm dividing these things. They're being like, it's, 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 I don't know how to explain it other than that. When you're Googling stuff, yeah, you're learning things. But you're also not teaching yourself certain things. Yeah, you could learn all of this, but you're missing key parts of how to interpret things, of how to internalize things. Like I, I, I guess there's other. Compo- there, I'm learning there are other components to learning and education, and knowledge, and so much more. And yeah, you can learn things, but there's a lot of people out there that have degrees that are just like retarded. There are people that that are educated, college educated, like they have master's degrees. Like they're they're. <laughs> They're smart, but they're dumb, and I say this because there's got to be a, a a a a synergy between both. There has to be like a a working harmony between both. You can have book smarts, but you got to have street smarts, is what I'm trying to say. And so when I look at that, yes, it does make me think that you're going to have thousands of pe- millions of people there that, that 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 think that that's it. They want to be governed by Google. You see, this is what I mean by the algorithmic governance. Because this is what's going to happen. You're going to have people think that that's the solution. You have all these people who, who, who want the fake knowledge. That's the simplest way I can say it. They want the fake knowledge. They want to be a part of the Borg, of the collective, of whatever that is. And so I'm going to finish out this segment by getting into an article that we didn't really have time to post earlier this week. Uh, but it exemplifies, and it talks about a lot of the, it, it, it exemplifies a lot of different things. I talked before at the start of the show about the Godhead that they're creating with AI and the damage that that is going to bring into society, right? The idea of having algorithmic governance, being governed by Google, the scientific dictatorship, the technocracy, and so much more. You see, uh, Greta Thunberg saying, "Hey, we're going to watch you." These are the these are all key words that people need to pay attention to, uh, but let me get this article up for you guys. It's from Natural News. Uh, they put this up. What was it? September earlier earlier this week, September twenty first, two thousand nineteen. Uh, it says breaking. No more secrets. Google achieves quantum supremacy that will soon render all cryptocurrency breakable and all military secrets revealed. And before I get into this, I just kind of want to let you guys know that when we're talking about quantum supremacy. When we're talking about quantum computers, when we're talking about any of this type of stuff, what we're saying is we're no longer dealing with a binary approach towards things, a 1 and a 0 or a one, a 1 plus 1. We're dealing with a whole new approach to this. We're literally sending stuff out into the dimension, into the universe, and then the universe is doing the calculations and sending us the answers. And so that's what I mean by no more secrets. They're able to bypass so many different things that it's crazy. But let me get back into this, and I'll pull up a, a, the post that we got on our page for you guys. But it says, uh, it says the preliminary report, more detailed to analysis to be coming in 24 hours. According to a report published at Fortune.com, Google has achieved, quote, quantum supremacy with a 53-qubit quantum computer. From reading the report, it is obvious that Fortune.com editors, who should, be applauding, who should be applauded for covering the story, really have little cue about the implications of this revelation. Here's what this means from cryptocurrency, military secrets, and all secrets which are protected by cryptography. They can all be broken, basically. Uh, notably, in a, notably, NASA published a scientific paper at this link, which you guys can find on the story. Then, promptly removed it as soon as the implications of this technology started to become apparent to a few observers. However, the Financial Times reported on the paper before it was removed. Google is now refusing to verify the existence of the paper. I think everybody should just keep that in mind. Here's an upshot of what this quantum supremacy means for Google and the world. Google Google's new quantum processor quantum processor took just 200 seconds to complete a computing task that would normally require 10,000 years on a supercomputer. So it took them it, it took them 200 seconds to compute something that would have taken normally 10,000 years. Just keep that in mind. That would be like they're they're creating an oracle they're creating the black mirror. They're creating the crystal ball, okay? That's that's really what I want you guys to understand with the quantum supremacy. This is this is it. They are sending their queries, they're they have inquiries, they're sending their query to the crystal ball or even to the magic magic mirror on the wall. Crystal crystal ball. Google, who is the smartest of them all? The Google Google knows to tell you. But at the same time when it tells you who's smart it sends out millions of different signals to all kinds of people telling them that they're also smart and that you need to watch out for this person this is this is gonna be some crazy stuff if we really begin to comp- comprehend what this means it's like Google for the universe I hope that makes sense I really hope that makes sense but continuing on it says a fifty three qubit quantum computer can break any fifty three bit cryptography in mere seconds or in fractions of sections in certain circumstances bitcoins transactions are currently are currently protected by 256 encryptions. Uh, once Google scales its quantum computing to 256 qubits, it's over for Bitcoin, and all 256-bit crypto, since Google, or anyone with the technology, could easily break the encryption protecting all crypto transactions, then redirect all such transactions to its own wallet. In effect, quantum supremacy means the end of ki- cryptographic secrets, which is the very basis of cryptocurrency. In addition, all military-grade encryption will become pointless as Google's quantum computers are expand their qubits into 512 uh, 1024 or 248 or 2048 range rendering all modern cryptography obsolete in effect Google's computer could crack any cryptography in mere seconds in mere seconds guys think about that and I'm gonna go back over here to our page uh, where we have this post from Jake Anderson or the minds unleashed we put this up September 25th it says why Google's quantum computer breakthrough could change everything forever we're literally talking about no more secrets. We're talking about no more passwords, no more encryptions, none. None. Even if you went back to like uh, <laughs> Windows Vista or Windows XP, it, would ha- it could crack it. You Linux even, you see, we're talking about something literally having the skeleton key. And then the creator and the mold of the skeleton key. That's why this is all so crazy. If you thought Google was crazy before, think about what, what information it has and what ability it has to show you. This is what I mean by the censored knowledge of good and evil that they're presenting to us. But let me get in this article and I'll finish up the segment for you guys. The race, of, the race for quantum computing is one of the great under the radar science stories of the century. Because it's a known unknown to scientists, but an unknown unknown to the average person, we don't really have a public conception of how drastically our world could suddenly change if quantum computers burst on the scene. Now, Google, the big tech giant actively pushing the needle on everything from artificial intelligence to full brain simulation, has made a stunning announcement, claiming the the creation of a quantum superconducting processor with exponential computing speeds. The science behind the milestone announcement is laid out in a Google research paper titled titled, uh, Quantum Supremacy Using a Programmable Superconducting Processor. This paper was briefly available on NASA's government website, but as I said before, it was removed without explanation. Scientists argue that the new processor can solve in 200 seconds equations that would take even an advanced modern-day supercomputer 100,000 years to complete. Such parabolic growth is almost incomprehensible and could portend a strange future in which machine intelligence is vastly superior to human consciousness. Quote, quantum speed up is achievable in a real world system and is not precluded by any hidden physical laws, write the researchers. This is kind of where I want to I I want to I want to take a pause before I continue on. I should have I should have pulled up the clip for you guys of Jordy Rose talking about how with this with AI. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. With this, the creation of AI, we are summoning entities. You, we, we, we are summoning whatever is on the other side of our, of our veil. That's what they mean by it having uh, quantum intelligence, like machine learning and machine intelligence being vastly superior to human consciousness. Because reading a book, we're, we're reading things in a stop-go fashion. But these quantum computers, they're literally running calculations at, at, at such high speeds that we don't understand these things. We can't operate it there. We we're, we're, we we would literally be like ants compared to these people. Let me pull up pull up this clip for you guys, and then I'll finish this. Uh, I'll finish that article, and we'll close out this segment.
3: Means you know different. These things that we're building are not going to be people. They might be really smart. They might be really good at all sorts of different things, but they're not going to be like us. They're going to be aliens. And they're going to be, I'm sorry to say, way smarter than every single person in this room, in ways that we can't even comprehend. So this, of course, triggers a lot of alarm. One of the guys who talks about this is Elon, who uh, says things like this, like, when you do this, beware, because you think, just like the guy in the stories, that when you do this, you're going to put that... that little guy in a pentagram, and you're going to have your holy water out, and you're going to wave it at the thing, and by God, it's going to do exactly what you say, and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. so
0: Never. It never works out that way. So let me finish up this article for you guys, and then we'll, we'll close out this segment. Quantum computing involves tapping into the raw power of quantum superposition. This phenomenon would allow qubits, quantum bits, which usually use ones and zeros to transmit data to carry vast amounts of information. Google's quantum computer is called Sycamore and can, store, it can supposedly store 53 qubits. Quantum processors based on superconducting qubits can now perform computations beyond the reach of the fastest classical supercomputers available today. The researchers said, quote, To our knowledge, this experiment marks the first computation that can only be performed on a quantum processor. Ahmet Nevin, director of Google's Quantum Artificial Intelligence Lab, says there is nothing in the natural world that compares with the levels of the exponential growth that they're seeing in Sycamore's abilities. And essentially what we're talking about is just that, the creation of the matrix. We're talking about the scientific dictatorship, the godhead, the AI machine learning god thing that they're trying to create for the world. And the reason I say this is because when we begin to talk about in the next segment Things like sustainable development, scientific dictatorship, social credit score system, being able to monitor the entire world of people, well, how would they do that? How would they be able to monitor what you're doing in the world if you didn't have that social credit score system, if you didn't have something to identify you? You can burn your social security, your your, uh, your social security card. You can burn all the information that ties you to the system. But if you're a part of this whole new world order, this whole scientific dictatorship, the technocracy that they're trying to build... That's when things get a little bit more difficult. That's when it gets tricky. And that's whenever we are literally dealing with the manifestation of our own downfall. But this is why it's getting crazy. This is what I mean by algorithmic governance. And this is also why we will be taking a quick break. Let you guys digest what you just heard. Let me process what I just said. But when we come back, we're going to be getting into the whole climate hysteria that you saw take place for essentially two weeks The climate strikes happened last Friday, and this entire week I feel like we've been dealing with the ramifications. The entire world got fired up seeing uh, Greta Thunberg in front of the UN, but we really should break stuff like that down. We really should hear what she has to say and the implications behind them. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back
1: right after this.
2: Climate hysteria.
0: You know, normally I say something funny and cool coming in. I think that's about as funny and cool as I can be. When you're talking about these types of things, it's going to be a little bit difficult to try to break the ice. But with that being said, thank you for tuning into this segment. All I can really do to preface it is tell you that we're going to be playing a lot of different clips to where you hear from the horse's mouth how these people feel. And before I do so, I want to start this segment off doing something a little bit different or at least doing something a little bit cool, I'd like to think. I wanted to start the entire week off this week. Because we saw such climate hysteria this past week, I wanted to start this week off by asking the audience the question, what would be your invention to help Earth? What would be your invention to help save Earth? Pick, pick a problem from trash to plastic to food waste to environmental stuff. Pick, pick something. I'm going to attach the link to the description bar below on our website, so you guys can check, so, so you can go check it out. Submit whatever you'd like, but this post itself only has 144 likes, only 144 likes, and barely even 50 comments. Some people are saying a time machine, online university, that glove thing, and the Avengers, but just target pedophile rapists and murderers. Free energy. Uh, somebody right here says, uh. Or, nobody right here says I would like to eradicate greed money and stuff like that a nuke the size of a space shuttle detonating into the atmosphere so that's that that's some of the that's some of what people want to do a nuke being detonated into the atmosphere that's the mindset that people have that's the climate hysteria they don't care they want to give over you see I'll put that link in the description bar below if you guys want to go ahead and add your your sub, your submission to it But the reason I ask this is because Everybody can complain Very few people can create Very very few people can create I talked about uh, This 8 year old Little Mexican girl Guadalupe, uh, Guadalupe Cruz And how she created a solar Water heater And how she didn't even participate In the climate change strikes She just did something She didn't complain She saw a problem and went after it She saw a problem and then reacted. She didn't demand action from millions of different countries. She saw a problem, and she went right after it. But we're not really seeing that. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is a lot of emotions, hysteria, virtue signaling, feel bad because you're alive. We're not seeing that, are we? But you know who else decided to see a problem and go right after it that also didn't get media attention because it doesn't fit the narrative? Right here. Conservatives take to the streets to clean up 50 tons of garbage in Los Angeles 50 tons gross disgusting 50 tons of garbage and it didn't even get any any talks remember they were remember when they called Baltimore and Boston like crap holes and how rat infested and drug infested it is you got people going out of their way to legitimately clean up the streets of Los Angeles because they're going to get dirty again, but they're trying to make a point of how dirty it is. Doesn't get any any news. It's the same time as the climate strikes. There's not hundreds of children here. There's just like ha- like a handful of people working. Saw a problem, fixed it, went after it. Didn't demand, <coughs> didn't demand executive or federal action. They saw a problem and then they went after it. We are being programmed to think that complaining is our superpower. That com- if we complain long and hard enough eventually we can get other people to do the things that we won't do for ourselves that's lunacy continuing on uh, let me get in the article it's from Dean Garrison They've, they put this up September 24th September 24th it comes, it comes from Sons of Liberty Media it says the same man that led crews to clean up Baltimore Newark and Virginia Beach led a group of volunteers that cleaned up 50 tons of trash in Los Angeles on Saturday and once again the media is completely silent because it doesn't follow the narrative. It does not follow the narrative. They need the narrative of uh they, they need you to think that you're weak, you're disheveled, that you need to be disenfranchised from your power, that everything is hopeless, that you can't fix anything, that you have no power, and that it's only the government. It is only through our father in Washington that you can reclaim the very peace that was robbed of you. You see, the, the, you see the, the very, very clever deception that we're dealing with, and that's why it has to be exposed and called out. Continuing on, the article says, here's more from conservativemedia.com. and says, in August, a group of Trump supporters led by a conservative activist, Scott Pressler, went to West Baltimore for a massive cleanup operation following tweets sent by President Donald Trump highlighting the dire conditions in the area. Keeping to his promises, Uh, keeping to his promises, Pressler has since led cleanup efforts in Newark, New Jersey, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and on Saturday, Pressler and some 200 volunteers headed to Democrat-run Los Los Angeles, removing a stunning 50 tons of garbage, according to the activist. Quote, Without the help of the city, 200 volunteers picked up 50 tons of trash in nine hours at a homeless camp in Los Angeles, Pressler told the Daily Wire on Monday. So I'm going to go ahead and stop there, because that's... That's the goodness that I want to put inside this whole segment. And I'm sure we'll cover it. We'll cover more, but think about that. 50 tons, 200 people, one, nine hours. That's all it takes. And they want government to run things? Bro, there are so many holes and there are so many potholes around the entire country that these people can't fix? We have corrupt, <laughs> corrupt politicians and you want the government to clean up things? They can't even clean up after themselves. That's why we have whistleblowers and people leaking things. But I digress. That's a whole different discussion. Let's let's state a topic here: environmentalism. You see the climate hysteria. I'm not going to tell you guys that climate change doesn't exist. I'm going to tell you that this is not the first ice age we've had. This is not the first uh, flood we've had. There's there's been so many times where climate change has happened. But what we're being specifically garnered or, or specifically curated to think is that it is mankind's impact upon the earth that is detrimental. And as we discussed uh, this past week with NBC's Climate Confessions and so much more, it truly is an anti-human agenda. They are trying to really, really get it in your head that you are a disgusting human and that either government, and, and, and through government, science, and technology, that they can fix you. This is the soft core version of the transhumanist thing. And they have to introduce it with the Gaia worship, with, with pushing this whole Earth mindset. It has to be anti-human, pro-Earth. I'm pro-human and pro-Earth. Oh my gosh, what a crazy concept! But, but you see, I, I hope this makes sense. The tech, that the machines will take care of Earth. Humans, you are bad. Humans, you are bad. You are a detrimental force upon the planet. So let's get into this: the climate change, climate strikes, and Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. I hope now, for all the times that you guys have heard me talk about her, I hope it's beginning to make sense about how these people can be created and rolled out in front of you just to have you do a certain thing, just to have you feel some type of way. Uh, But right here, let's get this video up of Greta Thunberg throwing her climate tantrum at the UN.
4: Uh, my message is that we'll be watching you. (laughs) entire ecosystems are collapsing we are in the beginning of a mass extinction and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth
0: uh. so we should restructure our entire economic and financial system all because of this you have the entire world being whipped into a frenzy because of this and i hope i have the just i have i hope i have the ability to explain why there are so many things going on here okay so <laughs> let's 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 try to break this down uh gosh what what is the best way to explain this there are so many issues going on that she does have she is right but you have to understand she is created Greta Thunberg was created to literally tell you to feel bad about what you're doing we are bringing in agenda 21 agenda 2030 and then after that agenda 2050 Whenever she says we will be watching you, how many times have I told you guys that these eco fascists and these eco extremists, these these, that we played for you guys a clip a few weeks ago that vegan activist that stole the bunnies from a farm, that's what they mean by they will be, they will be watching, and because they feel like they have a right to come through, they're 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 going to align with government, they're going to align with other corporations, and they're going to do these types of things. Okay. Now another aspect that people don't really truly. one thing people have to understand is this girl is 16. We have a patent list on our Instagram story that goes back to at least 1891 of them having the ability to modify the entire weather. So let's just say that from, shucks, let's just say 1900s into where we're at today. They've been spraying something up there in our atmosphere for almost 100 years now. So that would affect the climate for sure. At the end of this segment, I'm going to play for you guys a, a, a video by I think NBC News or CBS News where they ran a program a little segment talking about Bill Gates uh, uh, spraying chemtrails and how this is it, solar radiation management what I'm trying to get you guys to understand is that Greta Thunberg's coming into this after the fact she's, she's, she's not necessarily a victim of climate change but she's coming here after the fact seeing what the chemtrail spraying is what the solar radiation management is doing and this, 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 all of this what I'm really trying to get around to telling you is that because they're 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 working a specific angle, these people, these environmentalists, will get to a degree to where they advocate for the very chemtrails that are destroying the environment. You see, I don't I don't have a whole list. I don't have like 38 different points, like Breitbart or Bloomberg or or Business Insider. I forget which whichever, whichever one it is. They came up with a list of 38 times that they had lied to us talking about the about about uh, rising sea levels volcanoes gas masks the, the the hysteria that they're trying to cause it comes from just this getting you caught in your emotions having her say inflammatory things like this like you've stolen my childhood I'm gonna be playing for you guys in this entire segment words that come from these people's mouths and you have to understand we're not dealing with facts we're not dealing with logic we're not dealing with critical thinking we're dealing with virtue signaling we're dealing with emotions we're dealing with feelings okay and so because we're not feeling the way that they want to because they can't cripple us and make us guilt tripped and feel bad you see uh, we're considered climate change deniers we're not denying any of this we're just not letting science be our moral indicator and we're also looking at all kinds of other things but this is the collective consciousness being weaponized I spoke about this this week on Fellowship and Freedom about how between the Area 51 event and the climate strikes around the entire world we're seeing groupthink being employed or, or being deployed upon the populace, and if you don't engage in groupthink, if you don't join the collective consciousness, if you don't join that hive mind, you are being considered the issue, and this is where it starts. They are trying to in, they are trying to purposely draw these lines to make these types of things happen, and so before I play for you guys uh, <laughs> a wide ranging. Before I play for you guys these videos of these people sounding crazy, I want to get this on record here, too, because it doesn't get talked about, and people still need to know this. As I said before, we disguise ourselves as news, uh, but we focus primarily on conspiracy. And what I'm trying to say is right here, climate youth puppet Greta Thunberg is controlled by George Soros. This was put up by Eddie Levine of, of World Truth TV. They put this up September 24th, and let's just get into it. And says she's all over the news these days, but 16-year-old Greta Thunberg isn't homegrown or grassroots. Her climate shtick is completely a product of George Soros and company, which feeds Thunberg her lines as she traips around the world pretending to have come up with all this climate hysteria on her own. In truth, Thunberg is never without her handler. Louisa Marie Nabauer, a 23-year-old far-left activist from Germany who's the youth ambassador for an international lobbying and campaigning organization known as the One Foundation, which is funded by George Soros, Bill and Melinda Gates, and Bono, among other celebrity names. Besides the fact that Thunberg herself comes from a family of Freemasons, her mother supposedly having ties to Bavarian Illuminati founder Adam Weishaupt, Neubauer, her controller, works for a major globalist entity that's working to implement Agenda 2030 in Germany via the Paris Climate Accord, which we've covered as well. Uh, Neubauer is also a member of Alliance 90, the Greens, and Green Youth, three communist organizations that are using the, quote, threat of climate change as a cover to push for the sweeping policy changes around the globe. Changes that will, of course, eliminate freedom and liberty in order to, quote, save the planet. Neubauer herself actually tweeted about being a member of the One Foundation, bragging about the fact that she gets to travel the world spreading climate propaganda with others who were hoodwinked just like she was into believing that global warming is real. According to the One.org website, the One Foundation was hatched back in the early 2000s by Bill, by Bill Gates and Bono, who together decided that they needed, quote, to better inform Americans about extreme poverty around the world. With the help of Melinda Gates, Bill's wife, as well as Bobby Shriver, Ed Scott, Bob Geldof, Jamie Drummond, and George Soros, Gates and Bonham developed, quote, an anti-poverty advocacy organization called DATA that focused on developing or deploying celebrities and other influential individuals to urge world leaders to take action on specific development issues. DATA was eventually merged into several organizations to form one which functions as a political activist group that aims to achieve several, quote, global targets, including, quote, disease, poverty, and other pressing development issues. It would appear as though Neubauer was herself recruited to be part of one, only to turn around and recruit Thunberg. Or perhaps Thunberg was groomed by someone else to play this role, and Neubauer was assigned to be her mentor, following her around everywhere she appears publicly. And I want to say that real quick as I pull up this video of Barack Obama praising Greta Thunberg and saying that we should celebrate young people who are speaking up on climate change. Remember whenever they started doing all these photos, these these weird photo ops? And if you guys look at this photo, it doesn't really look like, uh, it looks kind of sexual, it looks kind of weird. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but continuing on, whatever the case may be, it's obvious that Thunberg isn't coming up with the mini-scripts she reads before Congress, the media, and most recently, United Nations. Heck... She doesn't even speak English as her first language. Yet somehow we're supposed to believe that Thunberg is able to come up with a non-stop flow of professional speeches to present on any given day. Right. We all believe that. Or not. But the sad thing is that many liberals apparently do believe it, revealing that Soros and his cronies are still winning the information war in certainty in, in certain segments of society. No matter how many times climate change is exposed as a total hoax, there's still a contingency of the populace that believes it to be the gospel truth, especially when little girls appear all over the news to reprimand the world about the science behind it. Quote, so-called climate change remains the greatest fraud being perpetrated on humanity, wrote one commenter at the Gateway Pundit. Quote, it is nothing more than a multi-trillion dollar taxation and wealth redistribution program schemed by the United Nations to destroy America by destroying capitalism. Thoroughly agree. And right here, they have Greta Thunberg standing right here next to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And remember, I reported on that as well. When that happened, and this is what I mean by these controlled people, these these puppets that they just erect and put in front of you, and we're told you have to believe everything they're saying. Everything. You have to believe Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was a bartender, and she came out of nowhere from the Bronx, and that she cares about this stuff. And she goes down to the border in like a pale white suit and just... Does a photo up. you see, and and remember we we've, we've reported on Greta Thunberg right before she actually came to America in a, in, in an ancient German forest, hanging out with eco extremists, but and this is before she came to America, before she had that free boat ride by the royal family of Monaco across the ocean to come here, yeah, yeah these these people are these people are about as real as a three dollar bill, and that's what people have to understand. I'm going to play for you guys. Uh, a, a, another video saying that the world's going to end. So what's the point in studying? This is what these people are promoting. How is that? How how, how is that adv- How is that hero worship? How is how is that awesome? What she's doing is she's creating anxiety. She's creating fear. She's creating panic. She's is the real fear fear monger. Yet people are eating it up. And that's what, that's that's the insanity. That is the hysteria that I'm talking about. It is an anti. Anti-human world-ending philosophy. It is pro-Gaia, Earth worshiping. It is an anti-human agenda. And when, when when Eddie Levine is writing that it's going to be a re, a wealth redistribution redistribution program, that's precisely what it is. This is Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, transforming our society, sustainable development, the Georgia Guidestones, keeping humanity in harmony with the Earth. You see, and so because I have like because uh, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to talk about, I'm not going to virtue signal to you guys and tell you how much I love the earth and how much I I like being out in nature, going on my whole green mirror to black mirror talk. I'm not going to do that because uh, that's what the climate sins is. That's the climate confessions. Talk about how much you love earth. You see, but uh, I digress. Let me get this video up for you guys, because what you have to understand is what these people are creating is anxiety is depression there you you have these kids coming out of high school saying, "What's the point of existing if there's going to be no future?" And yet they want to prop Greta Thunberg up as if she is the, the 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 Joan of Arc, as if she is the the modern day Messiah. It's like, how are you a hero whenever all the all the followers you have are killing themselves? And that's the even crazier part. Children are aspiring to be like Greta, not knowing that she's created like this and thinking that that's it, that's the superpower. But I digress. Let me get this video up for you guys. Uh, We put this up September 20th. It's from Planet Free Will. It's from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. It says, Teen climate change activist says the world is ending, so what's the point of
4: studying? It's just really hard to grow up in a world full of ifs. You know, I don't think a lot of people in Congress understand the conversations that are happening in everyday American high schools. But we're constantly asked, prepare for your future, study for your future, do this for your future. Um, but our, our world is full of ifs. I'll be talking to my best friend, and she'll be like, yeah, you know, I really want to see this natural place sometime, if it's going to still be around. Um, I really want to study to be this, if that's still going to be a possibility. And it's just like this constant looming uncertainty. And it's this weird form of, of nihilism and and weird um, just fear that's that's been existing in my generation where kids are joking like what is even like the point the the world is is ending what are we studying for what are we doing um, and it's this kind of depression and it's this fear that is not just among me or my panelists here but but everyone and that anxiety is something that no child should ever have to fear because if you think about it if you go back to what is the purpose of it's just really hard to
0: I would definitely recommend you guys go find the full clip uh, because they do have legitimate concerns. But at the same time, this is what happens when you have people that religiously buy into the propaganda. Who offers you your future? Who offers you your future? You see, and this is something that I really think people have to have to start talking about because the education system, it is failing children. I'll say this and I'll play I'll play for you guys this next question. Greta Thunberg was talking about how they're going to watch you, right? How they're watching you. These kids they think that they have no reason in pointing, no reason in studying, no reason in having a future. All they want to do is protest. We just had the climate strikes protests uh, this past week, right? Well, what do I? Have? because it's sanctioned by the school, these kids begin to just gradually attend more protests for getting their education. And so then they realize like, hey, there is no point, there is no point in getting an education having a life, moving forward, because the world's going to end. They buy into the lie. They've now been going to these protests, well, let's say six or seven years, enough to be out of high school, out of college, and, or, and, and, and maybe th- thinking about a future, but because they've been so in this radicalized, uh, anti-human, pro-climate change mindset they have, they, they have no future. They've been radicalized. They gave it over. You see how that works? The, the school basically sanctioned for them to abdicate their education. And as, they, as a, and as they participate more and more with these actual protests, they further themselves away from actual society. So again, I ask the question of who offers you your future? Do you? Do, do, does, does Apple offer you your future? Does Google offer you your future? Does, do, do all these people offer you your future or do you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and divine your own future? Yes, it's going to be rough. Don't, you, don't, get, me, don't get anybody wrong. But if you, anything that is worth having, you're going to work for it. What's the point of studying? Do you know why you're going to school? So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of issues that I have with that. But my point behind going off on that little tangent is to show you that in the future, you're going to have people like Greta Thunberg who are going to be standing outside your house throwing bricks inside because they see that you have a nice happy family and that you're eating steak and that you're offering a future for yourself and for your children. But because these people have bought into the lie, they don't want a future. They've bought into the nihilism, into the apathy. It's because they've been programmed to do so. And I can say that because with this next video that I'm going to pull up for you guys, this is of college students thinking that the world is going to end in 12 years. What's the point in trying if you're going to end up dying?
2: In the soul. No more coal. No more oil! in the soul.
3: One thing I'm kind of wondering about is this statistic I've been hearing that in 12 years the earth will be uninhabitable. Do you guys uh, buy into that? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> and it's very serious. Huh. What do you plan to do to fix it? Uh, I mean, coming to strikes like these and uh, really fighting for it. <laughs> Bro, come on! Alright, so you think that capitalism and climate justice are incompatible? I, th- I do think so yes I think the overconsumption and I think our lifestyle the lifestyle that people live here the life of comfort mm-hmm. is do- definitely is what is what causes that yeah so what steps could we take to reduce this life of comfort and become more sustainable I think I think there needs to be a shift in our lifestyle I think we need to make our lives a bit more uncomfortable that the way they, the way they should be I think we should be learning of the consequences of all the actions that we There you go. There
0: you have it. And they are going to bring the consequences. They feel like they have a moral right to come right after you because, well, you're eating steak. You're driving a gas car. You're not driving a hybrid or an electric car. How dare you? How dare you? Do you not see the stakes that we have, EJ? Why are you not not converting? And I have to use that word because that's exactly what it is. Why are we not converting to the climate change religion? The world's going to end. Don't you want to save it, you meat eater, you carnivore? Don't you want to save things? You need to convert to our way of thinking. You are bad. Your lifestyle is, to use even some of their words, it is unsustainable. We offer the selections. We offer the future. We have the keys and the answer. And not once did I hear any of those people talk about going vegan. That's a crazy thing. I thought I would hear people say, like, this guy could have just said that. Go vegan. <laughs> you know, don't make us uncomfortable. Just go vegan. If enough people went vegan, hey, maybe we wouldn't have to worry about this. But that's the thing. They don't, they don't, there's, there's not a respect of individuals there. This is why they're preaching tolerance. You see. It's, it's not respect of the individual or the ideology of what's going on, cultural or any of this type of stuff. It is tolerate. It is convert. You see how when they begin to take control of the of the language, they can gradually begin to shift our mind. I asked the question in our Instagram story, Why are children being used for political gains? And every single response we basically got was dead on. Because they understand that with children, you can you can you can pull on your heartstrings and if you attack them, they say, Oh look at you attacking children, blah 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 blah. They are being very, very clever in how they're getting this across. You know, realize that Hitler used children, a lot of dictators use children to get their agenda across. I forget who said it, but it, uh, I think it might have been Stalin. He, was, he said, give me the children, then come the women, or give me the children, then I'll get the women, and then the men will come right after. We are literally looking at, our, at the next generation using this climate hysteria that will begin to usher in the Agenda 2030 To begin to transform our society towards a more sustainable developmental system. This is it. And this is how it starts. You see, this is what I, like just last week we talked about how NBC News said confess your climate sins. But that doesn't matter. We're not, (laughs) it it truly is crazy to see me just last week, to see this. Just last week we talked about NBC News and their climate confessions, confessing your climate sins. If you have done wrong to Mother Earth, let her know don't don't confess your actual sins to God, you see how they do that? they call it climate sins, acknowledging that there is sin, but that you have climate sin. you need to not acknowledge that you're doing bad things in your own personal life and begin to go through that transformational process. No, you need to look at your you need to look at how screwed up you are through this lens that we're providing you. you see and that's why I'm trying to take the time to gradually explain the difference and how how crazy it really is. you see. Right here, we have, a, we have 500 scientists that write the UN saying there is no climate emergency, yet that's not enough. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Like conservatives cleaning up 50 tons of garbage out there in California, that's, it doesn't fit the narrative. It does not fit the narrative. You see. I want to read this real quick and then I'll get into this next video. Uh, it says right here. Put this up September 24th. It's from sign of the times. It says more than 500 scientists and professionals in climate and related fields have sent a quote European climate declaration to the security general, the secretary general of the United Nations asking for a long overdue high level open debate on climate change. Just as 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg addressed the UN Climate Action Summit in New York, accusing world leaders of robbing her of her future, scientists were begging and scientists were begging the United Nations to keep hysteria from obscuring facts. Quote, Climate science should be less political, while climate policies should be more scientific. The declaration states: quote, scientists should openly address the uncertainties and exaggerations in their predictions of global warming, while politicians should dispassionately. Count the real benefits as 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 well as the imagined costs of adaptation to global warming, and the real costs as well as the imagined benefits of the mitigation. The scientists underscored the importance of not rushing into enormously expensive climate action before fully asserting the facts. Quote, there is no statistical evidence that global warming is intensifying hurricanes, floods, droughts, and such like natural disasters, or making them more frequent. They declared. Quote, However, CO2 mitigation measures are as damaging as they as they are costly. For instance, wind turbines kill birds and bats, and palm oil plantations destroy the biodiversity of the rainforest. The the signatories of the declaration also insists that public policy must respect scientific and economic realities and not just reflect the most fashionable frenzy of the day. Quote, there is no no climate emergency. Therefore, there is no cause for panic and alarm. They note, we strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. If better approaches emerge, and they certainly will, we will have ample time to reflect and adapt. The aim of international policy should be to provide reliable and affordable energy at all times and throughout the world, they state. So this is, I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm, wow, I'm glad we're listening to the scientists. Wow, crazy thought. Who would think that they actually know what they're talking about? I say that tongue in cheek because this is where we're at. The the, the the emotions, the irrationality, the expedition, just just the frenzy, the hysteria surrounding this is, is as they said before. It's obscuring the facts. We're not able to get down to brass tacks because people want to feel some type of way. Oh, you know. Oh, today's harder than it was yesterday. Climate change. Oh, you know. Uh, uh, my 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 farm. I didn't have a good crop this season, climate change. No one's admitting the fact that they are literally spraying aluminum, barium, strontium, calcium, carbonate, lead, all, kind of, all kinds of other stuff in the sky. Nope. We just want to attribute it to climate change and the detrimental, uh, the detrimental behaviors of humanity. You see, so that's, that's why this is dangerous is because you have millions on millions of people fired up, demanding climate, demanding climate action. Then you have politicians, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whipping the country and the next generation into a political frenzy about the Green New Deal, saying you don't care about Earth, you don't care about these things. And you've got to understand, gang, there are children in school already because, uh, what is like an inconvenient truth, I think? It's like an inconvenient truth, and there's um, Fahrenheit 451, there's a few other movies that we saw whenever we were kids that tried to start this whole climate change agenda, right, to make you feel bad about the polar bears and the ice caps melting and stuff like this. You have to understand that there are there are other people out there out there that that, that consume this type of information that aren't like me. They're gonna they're gonna see this and they're gonna feel bad and then they're gonna go home and they're gonna cry and they're gonna feel bad as their parents serve them steak and that they have air conditioner. And that they're taken care of and that they're loved. And then they're gonna think about the poor kids in Africa and about that poor starving polar bear. And then they're gonna to start to hate themselves. And then they're gonna go after mommy and daddy, and then they're gonna become a rebel. And then they're gonna realize that what they're rebelling against is the very same thing that they are actually pushing for. And so this is the crazy delusion that people are gonna be under, bro. I'm telling you. And when they've been whipped into this frenzy, and they don't and they do not when they do not want to hear the truth. They are going to see you as an enemy and come after you. I am really, really trying to get you guys to understand that point, and the the frenzy, the feeding frenzy of on climate change deniers that we saw this week, is just a it's just a prologue to what we're going to be seeing in the future. I just hope that there's no like hardcore repercussions of it. But uh, check this out: pro-abortion Joy Behar, the host of The View, co-host of The View says that grandparents who deny climate change don't love their grandchildren. It's like, who, who says this type of stuff? Who says these types of things? But here, let's take a listen.
5: Well oh, the children, they are some of them are really very sensitive to what's going on mm-hmm. and, and grown ups, I mean some of these people who don't who are denying climate change, they're gonna be dead. And mm-hmm. they don't care apparently about their grandchildren. They only care about
6: their four oh one Ks. And this kid is saying is calling them on it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. disgusting. I don't think that's fair to say. They don't care about their own grandkids. I don't uh, think that's what it looks like to me. Well th- this is this is <laughs> what it looks like. Maybe all gonna be might work. We're all going to be killed off. It might. Well, I, will, I, I agree with Joy in the sense and that... And grandparents don't love their grandchildren. Kids are but Do, so do you fearless. understand how that sounds to people? When, when they want to have a rational conversation about climate change, and you say, you know what, your grandparents, you don't love your grandchildren enough? Well, I, that, that's, I, I, don't, I don't know think that's about a productive I, way to I stand by that. Move, okay. I stand by it. I do. We'll be right
7: back.
0: See, I don't watch The View. But the co-host, Abby Huntsman, right there is the, is the exact reason why. Because that's not an appropriate way to handle stuff like this. You just have people saying inflammatory stuff not wanting to get caught. She said it right there. Guilt tripping might work. Guilt tripping might work. What are you guys trying to have us believe? Like, legit, like, what are these people trying to have us believe? That, that they have the keys, that they know the answers? It's like, you're not even doing these things. That's why this is dangerous. Is because you have people being whipped into a... A a fervor, a political and emotional fervor. The worst, you have masses of of, of people that are just getting angry because we're not believing the lie that they that they've bought. I guess because I I look at where the masses are going and I start to think for myself. Oh my gosh, what a crazy concept that I don't think that we should be doing what these people are doing. The masses don't know what they're doing. They they, they want to be ruled. They want to be controlled. You see what I'm saying? These people don't understand what they're advocating for. And for Joy Behar to say, these grandparents that don't believe in climate change, they don't love their grandkids. Who says stuff like that? Who says things like that? And then this is, I'm going to play for you guys another clip too, where we're talking about Democrat, uh, The 2020 Democrat presidential candidate, Tim Ryan, he was asked a question about overpopulation in relation to climate change. Well, hold on now, before I address that, didn't Bernie Sanders say that the best way to address overpopulation is abortion? If you care about the earth, kill yourself. And so now here's where we're at. This is what the climate change thing is creating. You see, this is why I had to start this whole episode with uh, the quantum supremacy the, the, the influence of technology, social engineering, behavior modification, and things of this nature. Because people have already been given over. They've already been programmed. And so because we're buying into this overpopulation myth, we're buying into the climate change, we're, we're essentially starting to talk about the operating parameters of the, uh, of the technocracy, of the scientific dictatorship. They have to be able to monitor every single thing, from, from, the, from the food production, to the water filtration and uh, to, 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 to even how the Sun or to how these panels these solar panels how they absorb the sunlight and, and 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 the duration of charge that they have there they have to have this all online this is all ones and zeros itemizing humanity categorizing our existence you see and the only way they would be able to do that to even notice the minutia of a change is to have something like like Google's quantum supremacy where it can have all of these different calculations running at all times using every single every single appendage it has to run this machine but let's get back to climate change the climate hysteria you see i've talked to you guys time and time again about the damages of thinking in this extreme and what it's going to do but this is our, we're we're trying to have sensible conversation behind closed doors and in academic settings these things are being discussed and they're actually being influenced upon. People are believing these things, and they're having the effect that they're having. What I'm trying to say is the entire next generation is already in preparation for Agenda 2030. Not even 21, Agenda 2030, and then what comes after, Agenda 2050. And so they're asking these questions. They're trying to figure out how to transform the world because they're being told it's going to end in 10 to 12 years. So they have to start fixing things now. That's why... <laughs> that's, that, that, <laughs> That's why you have people going on these birth strikes for climate change, abortion for climate change, eat human flesh for climate change. This is this is nuts. This truly is nuts. But here uh, we put this up September 23rd. It's from Alicia Luke of Freedom Outpost. It says 2020 Dem asked about overpopulation. And Republican uh, Representative Tim Ryan says that uh, government needs to be involved in family planning. So let's just say and I just want to say this before I play the clip. Let's just say that we all buy into this climate change thing. Two point five kids, right? That was the that that's the replacement rate that we should be at. We're so far beneath it that it's just it it we're 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 beneath the replacement rate. But let's get back into that. The rates, the numbers, the two point five family planning government one child policy. You see how we ended up just becoming like China, just like that. What happens whenever? You're not allowed. And we've talked about this time and time again. Cory Booker, I remember reporting on this uh, with the, after the passing of the first Democratic presidential debates, Cory Booker wanted to create a, uh, a, a an office for the White House Office for Reproductive Fre- uh, Freedom. I think that's what it was called. And my mind said that anything the government creates with the word freedom means control. And so I saw that as Cory Booker saying that he wants to control reproduction and here we are with Tim Ryan talking about uh, overpopulation and family planning and how that's what the government should be doing. They're trying to figure out how to tell you who can and cannot have a kid. This is eugenics. This is epigenetics. This is the movie Gattaca. But I digress. Let me play for you this video.
5: Hello, Congressman Ryan. Hi. My name is uh, Clayton Canal. I'm in the McDonough School of Business here, freshman, probably studying finance. Uh, my question oh, is. I'm well, not sure. Just yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet. <clears throat> The question is, what effect do you feel that overpopulation has with global warming? And should we be doing, doing anything to combat this?
1: Uh, it's, about, it's about resources.
5: So yeah, I mean, I think we should be active, again, with international agencies uh, within the State Department. Now, the president wants, wants to cut the State Department budget dramatically. We need to be involved in the United Nations family planning efforts around the world. I think we need to continue to do that. It's a it's an important uh, approach that we need to continue to make. Hello, Congressman Ryan. my name sketchy. is uh, Clayton. Uh,
0: you know, it, it's sketchy because who's gonna who is gonna who's gonna say who has the right to live and die? Well, a lot of the news articles I don't post about are how many people get like euthanized um, and they're still alive. Basically, I, I read an article earlier this week. About a a man that was struggling with depression, uh, and his family begged them to they they begged the doctor not to euthanize him, and they went ahead and euthanized him anyway. So overpopulation who gets to who gets to decide who lives or dies? I'm serious. If we're already killing babies, you know, when they're after they're born up to 22 weeks, right up to it, who gets to live? Who gets to decide who lives or dies? This is what when, when the mental health thing comes into play as well. You know, you've, you've really got to start thinking about the society. This is what they mean by transforming society that they're trying to create. What kind of world is this? You got Joy Behar trying to virtue signal and guilt trip you into thinking that you don't care about your kids because you don't believe in the climate change. You got protesters blocking D.C. traffic. You got people going all over the world screaming, we demand action, but not planting trees, not changing their diet, not, I don't know, digging out a canal to let river come, river water come through. I don't know. There's all kinds of different things that could be done, but I can tell you what doesn't help, complaining and then getting in other people's faces and saying, you are the problem. Because then when you do that, you have, four, at least you have four fingers pointing right back at you. But these people are whipped in such a fervor and such a delusion that they don't want to hear these types of things. We are literally seeing the collective consciousness being weaponized. So I want to end this segment by playing a little bit of uh, this, this, this ABC News or this clip from... You know, I'll just play that. Yeah, I'll I'll play this little bit of the clip and then I'll put the Instagram TV link in the description bar below. Uh, But it's of this CBS CNBC News clip where they talk about Bill Gates getting involved in chemtrails, where he's spraying stuff in the treposphere, the ionosphere, the stratosphere, the atmosphere. And this is something that's never talked about. And as I said before at the start of this segment, gang, the very same people that are screaming climate change now will be the very same people that are demanding that we spray chemtrails to stop to stop, to stop stop the sun. These people who have been whipped into this frenzy will begin to think that spraying chemtrails is good for the environment, but let's continue.
6: Meanwhile, Bill Gates is backing the first high-altitude experiment of one radical climate change solution, creating a massive chemical cloud that could cool the earth. It's called solar geoengineering, and it's highly controversial.
3: How long will it be that countries keep experiencing these climate impacts before someone gets desperate and says, hey, we need to cool the planet with solar geoengineering?
6: It would look something like this. Thousands of planes would fly very high and use nozzles to inject millions of tons of light-reflecting particles into the stratosphere. It would create a thin chemical cloud of those particles around the whole planet, blocking some sunlight from reaching the surface. It would mimic a giant volcanic eruption, which we know cools the Earth back in 1991 mount pinatubo erupted in the philippines it was the largest eruption to affect a densely populated area creating avalanches and giant mud flows that left more than 700 dead and 30,000 homeless it also meanwhile bill gates is backing the first
0: if you guys want to see the full clip like i said i'll put that in the description bar below it's also located on our instagram tv channel where we talk about basically that cnbc news uh, doing like a promotional trailer for chemtrails brought to you by bill gates and we've talked about this time and time again him teaming up with harvard to spray calcium carbonate in the sky to do just that to reflect sunlight you've got to think about again the world they're trying to create this is a this is an ice age this is a cold world this is one where they're trying to c- control everything this is not a world built on love abundance light positivity happiness this is one that is built on control. And you could even, you, gosh, you could even make an argument for that. The, the, the elemental difference between hot and hot and cold and what these people are doing. What they're doing is cold. What we're trying to do is be alive, be filled with life, be filled with the fire of divinity, be filled with the sun. These people are as cold as the way they're trying to make this earth be. And wasn't that it? Didn't they say, didn't they say it was global warming? So wouldn't we need, you see what I'm saying? Now it's it's global warming, climate change. Wouldn't we need the sun's light? Why would they want to reflect it? And there's so many other environmental issues that come with this. That's why we've created this entire show, the network, and to have guests on to talk about this stuff because it does not make sense. But then again, we're we're also taking the word of people who have built deep underground military bases in remote parts of every single country. So yeah, I think what they're doing is a great, it's a great thing. You know, we should support these types of chemtrails. But like I said, gang, this is the world they're trying to create. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the road to humanism. The UN chief warning about the world divide between China and the USA. Uh, The Pope inviting world leaders to create, to a global education alliance to nurture the dream of humanism. As well as the announcement of the, the impeachment inquiry process. They're trying to kick Trump out. And I'm curious what kind of world that's going to be like but like i said ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side don't go anywhere this is freedom faction factions of freedom and we'll be
2: right back right after this back. That's right we're back
0: not from outer space not from cyberspace but I haven't figured out like another space to come from yeah what's a what's I don't want to say like inner space but what's another you guys let me know in the comment section below or in the in the emails or even hit me up in the dms what's another space you want to see me come from you know Uh, You could say escape, like a landscape. No, that's not cool. That's just uh, mixing some of the letters around. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yep. We'll figure something out. But hey, gang, guess what? Third segment, and you're still here. Glad I didn't scare you away. Didn't scare you away like climate change, did I? Uh. And and I just have to say this because, you know, we're not going to be talking about climate change in this section. We're going to be talking about basically the world governments, the New World Order, you know, geopolitics, we're gonna be talking about that type of stuff. I kinda of wanna put a bow on that last segment. You know, it's not that I don't believe in climate change or any of this type of stuff. I just I look at stuff in like a legit, logical way, instead of just being ripped into this frenzy and I, I look at what they're doing. And yeah, you know, we've we we've, we've talked about it how in cities people are dying because of the smog. You know, in India there are ple- there are people that are dying because of the heat that that is there. Like I'm not gonna say that the environment doesn't have detrimental effects upon humanity and vice versa. But that's how this is. Everything is in balance. But we can't live in these extremes that these people are trying to promote to us. That's what's dangerous. That's what's not sustainable. And I guess I just get these images of of, of you know of high-tech stuff, high-tech renewable energy that's basically designed to just stay afloat and just live forever, but everything else around it depreciates. I guess that is, is, is that what global communism would be? Because, you know, with communism that creates stagnation, some form of capitalism has innovation. Are we just going to create these renewable technologies and pray that they don't shut, shut, shut down on us? You know, are we going to create all this stuff? And I've told you guys about this time and time again, we've talked about it, the concept of them trying to sell us free energy. You know, look at, look at Elon Musk's power wall. Uh, solar panels, hydroelectricity, stuff like this—they're trying to sell us free energy. We live in this abundance. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna—you know—I'm not gonna say these things and then look at look at what, what what's, what's really going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I see and talk about the truth of it, you know. And I know there are in other parts of the country where people are affected by the environment, but I'm not gonna say that our way is the best way, because while it's while it's afternoon over here, it could be middle of the evening in another in another in another part of the world. And they practice and live differently. And, and demanding that these people who practice their life and, and live differently than me to, to do what I'm wanting them to do, that's authoritarian. That's a, that's a control freak of immense measure, my friends. And so I guess I just worry about what is being promoted to the next generation and what we're allowing as the generation right now. Because we are the agents of change regardless of people if, if regardless of if people want to acknowledge it millennials the the 90s babies we're taking things over and we have a whole different approach as to how to go how how to go about it but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its own uh its own pluses and minuses its own pros and cons everything comes with its own set of challenges it, we just have to ask ourselves are we ready to accept that mission and that's where i'm at these days and that's where we need to be at because what they're trying to throw at us is gonna be something crazy. And this is it's, it's it's it sets the tone for where we go here from the future. And this is why these people have an agenda twenty one, an agenda twenty fifty, and an agenda twenty thirty. They have to strategically let things play out and get exacerbated to a point to where government or some structure has to step in. I mean it's <laughs> just I mean, look at the look at look at the migration process. Look at the Syrian refugee crisis, and then look at the mass migration that came with that, and then the migrant caravans that came from Mexico. They have to make all these issues so that we have, so that government has a purpose. It's the problem reaction solution. It's the Hegelian dialectic. You see, uh, but I just wanted to put a bow on that segment to talk about it. It's not that I don't believe in climate change or the effects of it and all the other things that come with it. I think that we just need to really look at it in a completely different light than what's being promoted to us uh, but in this segment we're going to be talking about like I said the UN chief warning of the world divide between the USA and China uh, Trump's statement to the UN that the future does not belong to the globalists as well as the inquiry pr- impeachment process uh, that'll take place now, I'm curious to see what that's gonna look like you know I uh, I'll say this and I'll start this I'll start getting these, these 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 articles right here I forget if it's like back to the future one two or three. But it's like Marty McFly goes, he goes to the future, I think it's two, he goes to the future, he's, his mother has married uh, Biff Tannen, and Biff Tannen looks exactly like Donald Trump, and if I could, or if I was smart and played this out better, I would pull up the clip for you guys, uh, to where Marty McFly wakes up, you know, he's in, essentially in a Trump tower, and Steven Spielberg allows for us to get a clip of that time frame where there are uh, bikers, bikers for Trump, bikers on the streets, tanks on the streets. Uh, Marty's teacher, his once teacher, in his normal timeline, is now armed with a shotgun shooting at students. And as Marty stumbles around in the environment trying to find his bearings, he stumbles upon a Trump Tower or, or, or a Tannen Tower, a Biff Tannen Tower. Where he sees Biff Tannen, and he just get, he gets the gambit. He says, "Oh," and it's basically like a mockery of Trump, the creator of Back to the Future. He talked about how Biff Tannen is Trump. Uh, there's a teletube there where it talks about his rise to power and so much more. And essentially, Marty goes up into the Biff Tannen Tower, Trump thing, and then he realizes that his mother is with Biff Tannen. And the reason I say all this is because it was trying to describe to you a time period. That's why I said the landscape, the environment that Marty found themselves in with his former teacher shooting guns. Well, isn't that what they're doing out there in Florida? You see tanks on the street. Is that not Jade Helm 15? Bikers running around keeping their version of law and order. Is that not bikers for Trump at some of these protests? You know, you have you have uh, uh, just vagrants in the middle of the town getting drunk, sleeping on benches and things like that. I'm trying to describe to you the time period that was shown to us and the time period that we're in now. You see. And that's why I'm trying to really paint a picture for you guys to understand what's actually going on. Uh, And (laughs) we just have to realize that the world is a stage and we all have roles to play. Uh, But let's get into this. Let's get into this. The UN meeting, the UN General Assembly was this week and it, it, it made waves for people that paid attention and if you didn't go see this full this full speech uh by the u n chief, he was saying basically peace and security that has to he was saying peace and security has to come from the United nations they're talking about their world order they're talking about globalization they're talking about the new world order they're talking about the, the current state of affairs and what's all going on uh the u n secretary general antonio Gutierrez, or gut-, gut-, gut Gutierrez yeah he was talking about so much stuff that it honestly made me start thinking of biblical prophecy, that these people will come in the name of peace and security and deliver none of that. They will only offer enslavement and tyranny. But here, let me play for you guys this quick clip of UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez warning global leaders about the looming threat of the United United States and China clashing.
8: And at this time of transition and dysfunction in global power relations there is a new risk looming on the horizon that may not yet be large but it is real. I fear the possibility of a great fracture the world splitting in two with the two largest economies on earth creating two separate and competing worlds which with their own dominant currency, trade and financial rules their own internet and artificial intelligence capacities and their own zero-sum geopolitical and military strategies. The climate emergency is a race we are losing, but it is a race we can win if we change our ways now. Even our language has to adapt. What once was called climate change is now truly a climate crisis. And what was once called global warming and that this time of transition and this in global power relations there is
0: a great fracturing taking place. A great fracturing taking place. You even heard Republican Tim Ryan talk a Re- representative Tim Ryan talking about it. Now it's about resources. And you just heard right there Secret- UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez talking about how we are. In a climate emergency, the climate crisis, this great fracturing, and if we are ever to survive, we must transform our ways. You know who doesn't abide by any of this climate change nonsense? China. Yep. China, don't allow, China does not allow climate change protests. Could you imagine uh, little Greta Thunberg going over there to China to tell Xi Jinping, how dare you do what you do? Or to go to any Asian nation... And tell them, how dare you guys do what you do? These are the greatest polluters of the entire, like, world. You have people within China that, like, have to walk around with masks because the pollution is, like, so bad. That's, that's where the real issue is coming from. Although, in all fairness, I did see them create, like, this giant uh, air purifier, which seemed pretty cool, but I don't, I don't have a post for that. What I'm trying to say is, this is the great fracturing Freedom or tyranny, freedom or submission, obedience to the United Nations, their sustainable development goals, the SDGs that they're trying to abide by, or the freedom that each individual nation has to exist on its own, you see. I'm going to play for you guys this clip of Donald Trump saying that the future does not belong to globalists, it belongs to nationalists. And this great fracturing that we're hearing, right, the the, the stage that's being set, I've talked about this time and time again how these extremes that we're living in nationalism versus globalism and things like this how it will breed it will bring forth regionalism. We cannot live this way. You cannot have people like Donald Trump go into the UN General the United Nations General Assembly talking smack essentially to their face saying you guys ain't going to run nothing. We, we can't live that way. As 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 nice as it is to have it, the world is too interconnected to be uh, isolated, to be individualized. And it will bring forth the regionalism. Uh, but here, let me play for you guys this quick clip of Donald Trump going to the UN, addressing them, saying that the future does not belong to globalists.
7: You see, if you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. And if you want peace, love your nation. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, and honor the differences that make each country Special and unique. It is why we in the United States have embarked on an exciting program of national renewal. In everything we do, we see. If you want freedom,
0: national renewal. I would definitely tell you guys go check it out. Uh, This this article that I'm going to get get into it comes from Graham Noble, Graham Noble via Liberty Nation. Uh, Tyler Durden over there at the Zero Hedge proposed it September 24th. It says, President Donald Trump delivered a measured speech to the United Nations General Assembly this morning. Ever the showman who usually likes to go off script, Trump was almost painfully presidential. The UN, after all, is not the forum for off-the-cuff remarks. The speech was wide ranging but the overriding theme was the, of national pr- the importance of national pride and sovereignty to every country. The future... Trump told the assembly, quote, does not belong to the globalists. In addition to providing an overview of America's foreign policy changes, the president berated China for its unfair trade practices and its violations of obligations made to the people of Hong Kong. He called for the empowerment of women and the rights of the LGBTQP community to be protected. I just want to say real quick, if you guys read over Agenda 2030, that's exactly what it is. Women empowerment and uh, inclusivity and then empowering children and all this other stuff. But continuing on, it says taking aim at the World Trade Organization for admitting China. Trump pointed out that 60,000 American factories have closed since China became a member state. Quote, the World Trade Organization needs drastic change, the president said. Quote, the second largest economy in the world should not be permitted to declare itself a developing country in order to gain the system at others' expense. Trump also signed or also singled out the governments of Iran and Venezuela. Of the former, the president made it clear that the US sanctions would not be lifted while the Iranian government continues its aggressive behavior. At the same time, the US later the US leader expressed sympathy and support for the Iranian people. Such a distinction is important. Of Venezuela's dictator, Nicholas Maduro, whose role at the country's legitimate leader is now in dispute. Trump said, quote, he is a Cuban puppet, protected by Cuban bodyguards, hiding from his own people while Cuba plunders Venezuela's oil wealth to sustain its own corrupt communist rule. Expanding on the issue of the Venezuelan government's catastrophic political and economic policies, Trump warned that, quote, one of the most serious challenges of our country's face is the spectrum of socialism, which he described as, quote, the wrecker of nations and the destroyer of societies. The president also devoted part of his address to the issue of mass illegal immigration, acknowledging that America was not just an American problem, acknowledging that it was not just an American problem, but a global one. Trump told the gathering that every country has the right to secure its own borders. He had a direct message though for open borders activists whom he accused of cloaking themselves quote in rhetoric of social justice. Your policies are not just your policies are cruel and evil. You are empowering criminal organizations that prey on innocent men, women, and children. You put your own false sense of virtue before the lives, well-being, and countless innocent people. It is indeed ironic that the same people who champion the alleged right of people from Central America to the, flo- to the flow, to flow unchecked into the United States also, feign concern for the economic deprivation that exists in those, in those countries from which those migrants are coming. So essentially, what we're talking about is gradually getting the national view to be in more alignment with the global view, the regional view, the creation of the global citizen. Remember that it was around this time last year that the UN came out with their own migration pact, the UN migration pact, which made it illegal and designated it a hate crime if you begin to talk, uh, if if you begin to say... Detrimental or negative things to people who had been migrants, they made it. They made it a, a a human right, not a national right, not a not a not a countrywide right. They made it a human right. The United Nations to allow people to move from one segment of their of, of the world to another. And if if you chastised it, then you were basically designated as a hate figure. So this is the road to humanism. This this is this is the regionalism this is being able to get all these countries on the same page you see and what other way to bind all of these other countries than to have something like global warming taking place you see but I'll continue on that here shortly I want to talk about next this impeachment inquiry process because I think this is something that we should get on record as well I, I I'm, I'm kinda 50 of 50 when it comes to the impeachment process you know, it's, it's, um, to me, I think that's more or less political theater. People need to have something controversial to talk about. But what I want to come at it from is the angle of what happens if they, re- if, if they remove Trump, if they impeach him. What happens and what will our country look like after that? But let me play for you guys this quick clip of Nancy Pelosi talking about announcing the impeachment inquiry process.
5: Eating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article One powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically the action of the the actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. In our comm-
0: So I'm just reading some of these comments right here on Nancy Pelosi. I thought people would actually say something about the issue, uh, but somebody right here says she looks like she's about to pass out. She can't even blink with both eyes. Did she? Did she have plastic surgery? <laughs> Time to bring in some good old and some good old anarcho caps. <laughs> Uh, but basically what this is, is they're trying to basically impeach Trump. They want to get him out of office with so everything they've been talking about since he's gone into office. And love him or may hate him, feel however you want regarding Trump. There's something going on in the country that he has only done that Hillary Clinton could not have done. And as I've said time and time again, we were not evil enough for Hillary Clinton. But I can tell you we are gradually getting to that point. But what's the point behind impeaching Trump? What would happen afterwards? put in Mike Pence, put in somebody else. You see, what 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 happens with this, if you ask me, I think this is the best way to kind of summarize this. If they get Trump out of office, not only will Republicans and conservatives and people on the right, will they riot, but so will people on the left because they'll be fired up, they'll be excited, they'll think that they have all the right to to continue to do this. It, it, it may not seem like it, but this is one of the most historical political upsets upsets of, the, of, of modern times. And the ramifications of this political upset are still being felt today. Could you imagine what would happen if these people were able to impeach Trump and he wasn't able to become president in 2020, run again? Who would they pick up out of these? Andrew Yang, he's polling at like 1% right now. Tulsi Gabbard, Cory Booker. Kamala Harris is about to, pa- pa- about to pack up and leave. Who are they going to replace this person with? And there's a Christian prophecy that says we're only going to have 45 American presidents. As a as a country like America's only going to have 45 presidents and then after that like there's nothing else. So my mind begins to start thinking in that prophetic sense of what's happening to mystery Babylon. What is happening to America? What is happening to our country? Yeah, sure, impeach him. Then what? Then what are you going to talk about? It's like a dog that it's like a domesticated dog that that sees a rabbit and then chases that rabbit around forever, 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 forever and then finally catches it. What are you going to do? You 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 did all that work. Are you going to bang the button? Are you going to kill him? And then what happens after him getting killed? You see, and so these are the days that we're gradually entering into. You have an entire part of the populace that's been whipped into a political and emotional frenzy, waiting to be activated, waiting to just spew the darkest hate ever. And when I went to uh, uh, that, that Freedom First flag waving event with the Proud Boys, I got a glimpse of it. And let me tell you guys, it's not going to be pretty. Just last week we talked about how in New Zealand they're having, people are handing over their firearms, or they're facing a five year sentence. These are the type of people that are coming. All the people that participated in the climate change protests, all these people that are trying to say America sucks, America's never great. All, like, that's what's coming for you. And people have to understand that it's not going to be a pretty picture. You're trying to be rational, logical, calm human beings with people who prefer irrationality, who prefer extremes. This is why this is going to get into a. Our country's going to look, it's going to be crazy. And I'm not trying to fear monger like Greta Thunberg and tell you all this stuff. I'm trying to say, where do you think this is going to lead? Impeachment and then murder. And I, I'm, I don't have a whole lot of uh, theories behind why I'm saying that type of stuff. I'm just trying to tell you, the same way I'm dividing all this information is the same way I'm putting it out there to you guys. And you have to understand, these people are committed. They don't that. That's why even if you go read the Russian transcript, it's like two people agreeing on a conversation. Agreeing on corruption that's taking place in their house. I have corruption that's going on here. I noticed you're taking care of some of that. I also saw that you're... You, they don't want to hear about the actual transcript and how it's you know, fostering uh, a, a good relationship, nurturing something based on freedom. Nope. They want you to stay stuck in your, your, your phase where you listen to these people. You don't go do the due diligence. You don't think for yourself. You just join the club. This is the, this is the democracy. This is the collective consciousness. This is the hive mind. You see, this is what these people are creating. And and, and and that's what you have to understand as well. The the rapid nature in which more and more of these crucial stories are coming out is, is, is dangerous because we're not able to actually internalize the depths of these things. Like so many people ragged on Greta Thunberg that they had to change the narrative. The same way they keep changing the narrative because they understand that a certain part of the populace is aware of the deception that they're, that they're undergoing. But they don't care. The, 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 the modern-day Democrats don't care. The same way that these talking the, the talking points that these Democrats have at these Democratic presidential debates, they come from the United Nations. From climate change to free housing, free education, uh, migration, all of this stuff that comes from the United Nations. These are not things that Americans care about. America wanted uh, Americans wanted to make America great again, but because we're having this whole discussion about the larger part of being a, a part of this global community, what our nation's doing, and so much more, we're having to, we're really having to ask some pretty deep questions here in the country. And if you ask me, I think that's good. I grew up in a world where people really didn't even care about politics, and 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 now it's gotten to a point to where we're like Rome, to where we're just like that's all we do. All we do is talk politics, not philosophy, which is a completely different mindset, but politics. That's how you get to. That's how you control people, you see. And this is the world that we're creating. So let me finish off this this, this segment by talking about uh, uh, the road to humanism that, that, that uh, Pope Francis is trying to create. The road to humanism. Just just think about how that sounds. Humanism. You're gonna have. You're gonna have climate change be. The, po- the political aspect of the millennial uh, influence, and then you're going to have the LGBTQP be the moral influence that millennials have. I hope that makes sense. Like, like Politics is going to convert from politics into the environment and stuff like that, and our spiritual forward slash moral compass is going to be guided by the LGBTQP, and all of this is going to come underneath the guise of humanism. Because the main purveyor of all of these topics is who? Pope Francis. He's been over there at the Vatican trying to make sure you guys understand this at all. Trying to make sure that he, he's, he's basically not hiding where his allegiance is. But let me play for you guys this clip. We put this up September t- September 18th. It's from Now the End Begins. It says Pope Francis invites world leaders to May 14th, 2020 Global Education Alliance at the Vatican Hall for nurturing the dream of humanism.
7: Carissimi Si ho invitato tutti a collaborare. I invited
0: everyone here to cooperate in caring for our common home, to understand the urgency of the challenge we face. We have to focus on education which opens minds and hearts to a wider and deeper understanding of reality. I'm going to read you guys the captions of what he's saying. We need a global compact on education aimed at developing a new universal solidarity and a new humanism. So I wish to endorse a global event to take place on 14th May, 2020. In a time of great fragmentation There it is, fragmentation, fracturing And extreme confrontation Pope Francis Is inviting world leaders and young people to come Together at the Vatican on May 14th, 2020 For an event called Reinventing the Global Education Alliance In his own words, Pope Francis Is now working, working To create a global alliance That will foster humanism, and he wants To hold the kickoff meeting on the 72nd Anniversary of the of the gathering of Israel in a reptile-shaped building in the Vatican. I know you think I'm making this up, but I promise you it's all true. It boggles my mind to consider that anyone at this point could consider Pope Francis to be a man of God. In ministry, as Paul outlines in the New Testament, leaving aside for the moment that the Roman Catholic Church is nothing but the counterfeit of Christianity, Francis is showing his true self more and more these days, quoting African Proverbs favored by Hillary Clinton, working towards globalism, looking in, looking to nurture humanism, there is nothing biblical or Christian about the man, except for one thing, one really, really big thing. The Roman Catholic Church is the mystery Babylon found in Revelation 17 and 18, and the leader of that system, the Pope, will one day step into the stage as Antichrist, as he will be a world leader who creates a one-world religion that controls a one-world government. And the religion of that system will be the humanism that Francis loves so much. Is Francis the Antichrist? Only time will tell. But every time I have to do an article like this, and there have been many, the chances that he is rises dramatically. This This next part comes from The Crux. Now, quote, never before has there been so much need to unite our efforts in a broad education alliance to form mature individuals capable of overcoming division and antagonism and to restore the fabric of relationships for the sake of a fraternal of a more fraternal humanity. Francis wrote in the message announcing the initiative released by the Vatican press office on Thursday. According to Pope Francis, education today clashes with the process of rapidification that traps human existence in, quote, a whirlwind of high-speed technology and computerization continually, altering our point of reference. As a result. Human identity loses, quote, its solidity, he wrote. According to an African proverb, Francis wrote, quote, it takes a whole village to educate a child. When it comes to education, that village still needs to be created, beginning by clearly the ground of discrimination and fraternity must not be allowed to flourish. I'm going to go ahead and pause right there because essentially what we're getting to talk about, guys, and I think people understand this, this is the new world order. And Pope Francis wants to come after your children. You already see them coming after them. I made a joke the other day that what we will see, we will have to see like a transhuman cyborg baby. The same way that with Greta Thunberg, because she, she, she has autism and Asperger's and things like this. You have somebody fighting the climate change agenda. You've got David Hogg coming after your guns. That's an agenda as well. You have Desmond the Amazing, another child, that's been uh, 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 molested, sexualized. These are all the agendas. They need a transhuman cyborg baby for the machine part of it. You see, and the reason they need the children is because they can, once they have them, all they have to do is wait for the next generation of mothers and then the men to go right after them. That's why you have all these incels and these cucks going to these protests trying to get laid. Give them the children, then they'll get the women, and then the men will follow. This is the road to humanism. They have to create so much political strife, so much chaos and contention, that using the the Hegelian dialectic, they will come through and offer the solution. The very same education system that has created this fracturing that he's talking about, uh, they're, they're they're trying to come through and create a whole new one, a global education, you see, a global citizen. This is the new world order. This is the technocracy This is the scientific dictatorship This is how they're going to use children To install their agenda I I asked this question before And I'll say this and I'll start shutting stuff down for you guys I asked this question before on Instagram Live Am I turning people away from the Antichrist Or am I turning them to them These are the questions I have to ask myself Am Am I delivering you to the Matrix Or am I pulling you out Every week that we come here and we get more and more sucked up into this, ask yourself this. Are we are we diving deeper into the matrix or are we pulling out? This is our commission. The next generation, will we have the tools to be able to help them pull themselves out from it because they're already trying. That education is everything that we talked about beforehand, gang. They're trying to brainwash the next generation into thinking that the previous generation is the problem and that the next generation has a solution. They want to They want to disconnect them from us so that we don't even have a chance to reach them. This is the road to humanism, and this is what happens when we let authoritarians tell us how to live. So I ask the question again, who gives you your future? This is Algorithmic Governance, Climate Hysteria, and the Road to Humanism. Whoa. That's right. We really do have to stop meeting like this. We really do. It's becoming a thing. I don't want to take too much of your guys' time as much as I already have. But you need to understand, these days are getting crazy. And we're trying to do what we can to keep a level head because cooler heads do prevail. And all I can really say is I'm sorry for what I said last week. We are the only ones that can help us, and I should have put that in a better light. But you have to understand the stakes. This is the mission. This is the work. And this is why we do this. However, gang, that's all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Arrow. Freedom Faction. Out.